Welcome to episode 15 of the Infuse You podcast. My name is Teresa and I am your host. The goal of this podcast is to help women and young girls fill up their cups. Oftentimes we are so focused on helping and supporting others that we forget to take care of ourselves too. In today's episode, I will share the joys, the sorrows, and the in-between of being a mother to a daughter with cerebral palsy, among other disabilities. My hope is that this episode will uplift other mothers raising children with cerebral palsy or special needs. Let's get into it. Growing up, we all imagined how we wanted our life to be, right down to the number of children we wanted, what gender they would be, what we wanted them to look like, what colleges they would attend, what occupations they would have, so on and so forth. As a young girl, I dreamed this up so many times, all while not realizing that life doesn't go the way we plan. So let's take a trip back to early 1998 and my journey to become a mother for the very first time. Like many other women, I had a missed period and I started feeling sick to my stomach when I smelled certain foods, among other things. So I took an at-home test and what I thought was confirmed, I was pregnant. At the time, I was attending college at ASU and working part-time, but was still covered under my father's insurance through the military. So I called to make an appointment with an OBGYN and was told that I would have to be placed on a waiting list since I wasn't an established patient at Luke Air Force Base. My parents and I had chose to attend a private practice primary care that was closer to our home, which was an option that we were provided by our plan. However, all specialists had to be a doctor at the base, so they told me. My family and I were not aware of this change in policy as my mother had specialists that she saw both on and off base. So I was stuck in limbo, not being able to see a doctor, all the while having continued morning sickness. I had to eat ice chips just to get out of bed every day or I would throw up. By this time, I had to drop out of college. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't go at least two hours without having to vomit. So what was I to do? After a few weeks of waiting for the base to call me back, I made an emergency appointment with my local access office. For those of you that are not local, access is the Arizona healthcare cost containment system. I was in desperate need of seeing a doctor and I had to do what I had to do. Within 48 hours, I was granted emergency healthcare coverage and was able to get into the doctor later that week. Fortunately for me, my older sister was also pregnant at the same time as I and her OBGYN took the access insurance so I didn't have to waste time looking for a doctor. At my first doctor's appointment, I learned that my due date would be sometime in January 1999 and that my baby was measuring small for how long I was at the time, which was about eight weeks. But the doctor said the severe morning sickness that I was having and not being on prenatal vitamins, that was to be expected with that, right? So he prescribed me prenatal vitamins and also some extra iron because I was now experiencing anemia. As I progressed through my pregnancy, things started to feel normal. The kicks, the hunger cravings, the hair and nail growth, the excitement of being a mom. I was able to return to work and I was able to land a well-paying call center position. Back then, call center jobs weren't paying good, right? But I was lucky to land a position taking calls for the United States Postal Service 1-800 number. This was back when Phoenix was one of the first locations to take calls for their newly established service, which is the 1-800-ASK-USPS. I was in my final week of on-the-job training and had just come back from my lunch break when I started experiencing extreme pain in my chest. I felt like I was going to pass out and die right there, literally. My peer coach asked if I was okay and what she could do to help. 
I told her to page my husband. Back then, he was just my boyfriend. We weren't married at the time, and we didn't have cell phones, so we had to use pagers. Who remembers that? <laughs> so I had a special code that I would page him with, and she helped me and paged him, and that code meant I needed him to come get me ASAP. When he arrived, we stopped by the local Circle K to get me a Sprite because I thought maybe I'm just having some really bad indigestion, right? But when we made it home, I was still in severe pain, so my mother called the paramedics. Now this is where it gets interesting. I know we are still experiencing racism in 2023, but back then I was just like, wow, like it was direct racism, right? So they were reluctant to take me to the hospital because they were concerned that I didn't have insurance and I would be stuck with the bill. They made an assumption that as a young indigenous woman that I didn't have an insurance and they thought that I was lying about being pregnant because I was barely showing. But soon after my mother cursed them out and had a few words with them, they were able to verify that I was indeed pregnant by hearing the baby's heart rate. I was taken to one of the worst hospitals in the West Valley, Maryville, but it was the closest to where I lived. After running several tests, I was told that I had preeclampsia and I would be flown to Good Samaritan Hospital in Central Phoenix. Um, stop, pause, wait. Flown where, I asked? Why can't the paramedics just drive me? I still hadn't fully comprehended the severity of preeclampsia and the need for them to rush me to the other hospital. And I had never flown in a helicopter and was nervous as hell. Now this helicopter, the medic flight or whatever they call it nowadays, it only had room for me, the pilot, and a nurse that could go along with me. So I couldn't take any of my family. My mom had to come in a car and my boyfriend had to come in a car. So I was like, wait, I'm flying for one in a helicopter. Never done that before. And then I can't take anyone that I know with me. So that was kind of scary. Fast forward. I had now been in the hospital for a little over a week. The doctors told me that the baby was still measuring small, but they were giving me meds to control the preeclampsia. And I finally had the appetite of a pregnant woman. I was eating two plates for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And man, I tell you, I know people complain about hospital food, but back then, Good Sam's Cafeteria was doing me right. I felt like I had been starving, so now I was able to feed my face and feel fulfilled, right? Now, I'm gonna get deep here. I will never forget the moment that everything turned from laughter to sadness. My best friend, Marcella, and her husband at the time were visiting, and we were having a great conversation, laughing and reminiscing about our high school days, which were just a couple years before, right? I was only 19, so barely out of high school, but we were reminiscing on the good times. And then the nurse rushed in and told me that she was gonna need to take my second plate. She told me that my daughter's heart rate was dropping and that I needed to prepare to have an emergency C-section. Mind you, I had never had a surgery, and now at 19 years old, I was about to have a big one. She told me to call whatever family members I wanted to be present and that they only had two hours to get there. As you can imagine, a wave of different emotions rushed over me. I was so overwhelmed. Who do I call first? My mom, my boyfriend. How was he going to get here because he didn't have a car? Was the baby going to be okay being born at only 29 weeks? Bobby got there. The doctors came in and explained to us what to expect with the C-section and also to tell us that our daughter only had a 50-50 chance of survival. Now, what in the hell were we supposed to do with that info? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you like to talk to people? Do you have something to share with the world? 
Well, if that is you, just like I was, I was so confused, didn't know where to start, what tools to use, what tools I needed, but I'm so excited to be partnering with Buzzsprouts. They helped me kickstart my podcast. They have all of the resources that you need, both in written form and also YouTube tutorials. And if you sign up for their paid plan, you will receive a $20 credit if you use the link in my profile bio, and you will also be helping to support the Infuse You podcast. In addition, we now offer premium content. All of our Free Your Mind Friday episodes are now in our bonus episode category, and soon we will be having live stream podcast episodes with our guest speakers. Tune in in April. We are gonna have two guest speakers coming up, and if you want access to that, and our bonus content, please click the support show link and subscribe for as low cost of $3 per month to access all of our premium content. We appreciate all of the support and love all across the world. Keep tuning in to infuse you. As if I wasn't already scared shitless about the operation itself, but now I have the additional worry that our daughter may not survive. All we could do now was pray and lean on the most high. At this point, we were no longer in control of the outcome, but we knew that he would be. Now, fast forward to the following day after our daughter was born. We are now October of 1998. She was supposed to be born in January 1999. So she was born, what is that, three months early? So the following day, I went to visit our baby girl for the first time in the NICU. That's the neonatal ICU. For those of you that are unfamiliar, I told Bobby he had taken me to the wrong baby. She was so tiny, weighing in at only one pound. 4.6 ounces and was not fully developed. You could see through her body like a clear bag. I broke down in tears and didn't have the strength to accept that the small underdeveloped body inside the incubator was the baby girl that God blessed us with. After spending two months and 10 days in the hospital and Bobby and I taking several training sessions, the doctors agreed to let Jeanne come home with us weighing only three pound, five ounces. Their early years were very scary with her being on a portable oxygen tank to help her breathe and a heart monitor, which I swear she wiggled out of just to make the alarm go off so we could pick her up. Uh, then there was all of the therapies she had to have, speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, nurse home visits, and so many different specialists, all monitoring her for this, that, and the other. She was diagnosed at birth with intrauterine growth retardation. She was later diagnosed with cerebral palsy, asthma, cortical vision impairment, and more. She had her very first surgery shortly after she came home. And we are so grateful for her doctor, Dr. O'Neill. Without this laser eye surgery, blindness would have been added to the list of her several diagnoses. Now, a couple of years later, she was still drinking a bottle and because she still had to develop that eating mobility and she started eating soft foods, but then all of a sudden it just stopped. She started throwing her bottle down. She didn't want to take it. She wouldn't take anything by mouth. So she had to end up getting a feeding tube placed in her stomach. And that is how she currently eats today is through the G2. The list of challenges kept growing and Bobby and I kept learning. I always look back and ask myself, how did we do all of this? to raise this beautiful, almost 25 years old girl. We did it through God's grace and mercy and through our love for her. Now this journey has not been an easy one and it still has its challenges. But every day I look at her smile, it reminds me that if she is smiling in spite of her circumstances and limitations, why the hell am I crying? 
I cry because I always think about what ifs, the whys. I want it more for her. But God had a plan for it all. And there was nothing that I could do to intervene with his plan. Because of the journey that I've been through as a mother raising a daughter with several disabilities, including being nonverbal, wheelchair bound and dependent on us for her everyday survival, I've become a stronger person. I've carried a lot of weight on my shoulders that most people would crumble if they had to carry. I see life through a different lens. And though there are still ups and downs, I realize that changing my first pregnancy would change my entire life journey. It would change my purpose. It would change my ability to be the person that I've grown to be today. And I love myself so much. And though I am not perfect, I am stronger because of Jeanne. She's helped me to learn to accept life's challenges, to understand that things can be worse. You know, we see it all the time. We think that we're going through this, that, and the third, and that we got it so damn bad. But when we see or learn about someone else's pain, someone else's story, we see that it's worse than what we're going through. So we can't complain about what God has blessed us to have, the children that we have, the spouse that we have, the relationships that we have, because there are so many people in this world who don't have a relationship with anybody in their family. They don't have kids. They weren't blessed to become mothers. They weren't blessed to become fathers. So to all the moms out there raising a disabled child, remember to smile because you are doing God's work. You are the lifeline to that child and that child is yours and is a blessing from God, not a burden. Don't let anyone convince you to give up your child for adoption, to move your child into a group home. Someone told me I should do that. Someone said that, you know, you have to have your life. There's so much that goes into raising a child with disabilities. So why not move her into a group home and you can go check on her from time to time. You must got me crazy. You must be crazy to think that I'm going to give up my daughter and put her in a group home after I've been raising her for all these years for what? To be able to get on a plane and go anywhere I want to go at any time to be able to hang out and do these things. It's not worth it. Her life is more valuable to me than any other thing outside of that. So she comes first. Don't let anyone take your child unless you know in your heart that you don't have the ability to raise your child. Don't give up on your child because of the unknown, because of the what ifs, because you are afraid. I was there and believe me when I tell you that I thank God every day that we chose to bring Jeanne into this world. She is the light of so many people's lives. Everyone at the day program that she attends loves her. We love her and she is a miracle. She is our miracle girl. Now today I shared how I gained my strength through a very traumatic and life-changing experience of giving birth to a premature daughter and the journey that her life has taken us on. Today's episode is dedicated to my sweet girl, Jeanne. Jeanne, because of you, I am stronger. Because of you, I can't give up. And because of you, I love hard. Because of you, I go hard. And because of you, I give back to others. And because of you, I am me. This quote from the water giver hits the nail on the head. Parenthood is about raising and celebrating the child that you have, not the child you thought you'd have. It's about understanding your child is exactly the person they're supposed to be. And if you're lucky, they might be the teacher who turns you into the person you're supposed to be. 
all right? So all my moms out there raising a special needs child, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, keep pushing. Now tune in next week as I share my obsession with crime drama TV shows. Why do I like them so much? And what are my favorites? Can you guess? Email me at TC Fitness Fusion. That's Teresa Coleman, TC Fitness Fusion at gmail.com with your guesses for a chance to win a discount ticket to my upcoming virtual Cultivating Your Confidence workshop. Let's get into it. You have been listening to the Infuse You podcast. I hope that something was said today that will help you along your life journey. Continue to do you, be you, and infuse you. Be blessed.